It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Here we are. Terry Brown, Vinny Hardy, Cats Talk Wednesday, BS3 Network. Can't tell Terry Brown nothing, and we'll, we already know if you listen, but he'll tell us again as we progress through the evening. What's up, man? Hey, another fine Wednesday. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, man. Our, our cats are licking wounds. It's a bye week. You got a, you got a wedding anniversary. Yeah, two two years, man. We got a a trip planned to see some team that play professional sports or something, but something something you said like they're coming close by in the Midwest area, and something you said last week. I think that's what you're gonna be doing. So you 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 a Cowboys fan? So I'll let you slide with that. <laughs> uh, if if I was a Cowboys fan, I would not be talking about primetime San Francisco 49ers either. So I hey, get you. Man. I get I'm you. Sorry. I'm they sorry. dropped it to 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 Cleveland. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I was not a fan of the finish of that. There was still time to drive and try to get a touchdown and settling for a forty yard field goal. I, I've never been a fan of that, but it is what it is. Uh, I just want the guys to get healthy, and uh, I just want us being healthy in January. Like that's that's my only thing. This squad is very healthy in January. I feel I feel confident, but I also I, like to see them get some wins too. So you know, how's the health Monday night? Because I mean, is I mean, you you gonna be there? Who? How many of the stars are you gonna? Are y'all I, expecting to see? I think McCaffrey's gonna play. I've not seen tr- about anything about Trent Williams. I think Dre Greenlaw on the defensive side will be back. So uh, I just want to get healthy, you know, whatever whatever that means. If it means we sacrifice a game here or there, I just want to be healthy uh, come January because that always seems to, to trip us up uh, and keep us from uh, getting to the Super Bowl or winning the Super Bowl. That and having Jimmy G's your quarterback was also a detriment as well. But, uh, man, I guess we got to start with the, with the Cats and, is Debo gonna play? I think Debo's gonna okay. play. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we uh the dreaded one turned into two. And mm, and the way it started just looked like hey, come out and gonna get this Georgia taste out of our mouth. 14 nothing. And it was just kind of helpless. It just it just slipped away and they couldn't get the momentum back, and you just it just it, it just it, withered away the rest of the night. Uh, coaching. I mean, yeah, that fake punt was a big play for Missouri because up until that, their offense wasn't doing anything. Cook wasn't doing anything. And he mm-hmm. still finished with his lowest output of the season as far mm-hmm. as yardage. Uh, so you would think that's a recipe for a Kentucky win, but um, Luther, Burden. Luther Burden didn't get off and he was leading the country, which he can't get off if Cook don't get off. So Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, the, the recipe was there for a Kentucky win. And, you know, I'm not of that ilk where it's like, oh, we're never going to lose to Missouri. We're going to lose, right? You know, it's still 8 of 10, 7 of 10, whatever it is. Uh, But for me, it's always the way that you lose. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I've always said that when it comes to my team's losing. Uh, if my team loses, uh, give me something historic, right? Like, but Missouri didn't do anything wild and crazy. That's the frustrating thing. Missouri was pretty pedestrian and won going away. You know, it's like the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Uh, what do you What do you do if you're trying to put your uh, quarterback radio in your running back helmet? You've run out of quarterbacks. So There's not much you can do. So you just pack it up and try to try it again. Or uh, you know, uh, like the Lakers uh, in the Western Conference Finals, Jokic was in his bag. What a whole lot else you could do, right? Like, all right, but Missouri didn't do that, and so it's very fr- very frustrating. Uh, it's it's coaching. We've seen lack of discipline uh, when it when it comes to uh, the last few games, um, and again that's coaching. Uh, I don't know how you uh, how you fix that. Week seven, you know, Larry is who he is at this point. We're not going to turn the page and get. 68, 70% completion percentage. It's it's not going to happen, right? Mm-mm-mm. The receivers are who they are at this point. And so people can focus on the play calls. People can focus on the uh, speed at which the team is playing. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to execution. And the execution hasn't been there offensively. Uh, Cohen has made plays, has, has called has, has called. <laughs> some great games. And I think it was during the Georgia game that the commentators even pointed that out, but it's execution. If you've got dudes wide, wide open in the passing game, you've done your job to, to scheme. Right. Uh, again, going back to San Francisco, you know, the, the thing, the thing on Purdy is people always, well, you know, we don't know how good he is because he got the weapons. Well, we have seen Jimmy Garoppolo with similar weapons, not make those throws. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, watching San Francisco, you 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 look and it's like, how does Debo get that wide open? How is Ayuk, you know, one on one on the outside? Like, how is Kittle that wide open? Uh, it's it's a scheming thing. But Purdy, to his credit, has got to put the ball there, and that's not what's hap- what's happening. So I don't know. Is it Leary not accurate because the guys aren't catching? Are the guys not catching because he's not accurate? I think a little bit of it, the guys are ready to make plays, you know, and you got to catch it first. That's mm-hmm. that's always – before you do anything else, you got to catch, secure, and then you go make your play. Uh, that's what separates the great receivers from the good ones is you got to make those routine plays. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's okay to get a five- or six-yard completion. That's okay. Yeah. You ain't got to take it to the house all the time. Be happy with that. And so uh, it wasn't quite an all-systems failure against Missouri, but uh, this bye week, there's going to be some soul-searching, and, and not not just for this season, but moving forward. Yeah, it's uh, – the first quarter kept it from being an all-systems failure because <laughs> second through the fourth, it was what? They got outscored 38 to 7. So that's that's a beatdown. I mean, 38-21 is okay, but thirty you can't you you say take out the first quarter. You can't, but we saw what happened after the first quarter, and they got beat thirty eight to seven. And 
and, and we got away from running Ray, mm-hmm. and the game was never out of reach. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, okay, we scored and went up 21-20. Okay, yeah. it's one of those things, Make defense make a play, and let's get this thing moving. And Kentucky just didn't. Uh, part of the problem is I've, I've seen this kind of floating around on the internet. Uh, Kentucky's th- in third and long. Mm-hmm. They're on the bad side on offense, on the bad side on defense. Uh, opponents are averaging third and short <laughs> against us, and we're averaging third and long. So that yeah. that's not a recipe for, for anything. And, again, it's the boneheaded penalties. It's those penalties that you don't have to make mm-hmm. that, 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 that happen at the wrong times, and we just don't have the talent uh, to overcome that. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that. That's the thing is, we just we just don't, you know, some statistic, and I think it was offensive, some kind of offensive metric, and we were neck and neck with Iowa, okay. (laughs) And you never want to be, when it comes to your offense, you never want to be with Iowa because one, Iowa has an elite defense, and uh, their punter isn't kicking the ball 20 yards, which is something that we've been to. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, Steve Spurrier had it right a long time ago. Kentucky's got a heck of a punter. <laughs> but we're, we're not even able to flip the field like we're like we used to. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. The problem is with football is, is building that momentum. Mm-hmm. And the way you lose – I think the way you lose just means something versus more than just the wins and losses. You know, like I said, if Cook come in here and he lights us up, hey, that happens, right? Mm-hmm. You know? But we're shooting our own selves in the foot and it's just not working. Yeah. So it's 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 coaching. Look, I, I, I mean this and I usually try to stay away from, shy away from this kind of stuff, but the first 15 minutes against Tennessee is going to tell us an awful lot about how the program moves forward. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Stoops has checked off a lot of boxes in Lexington. There's no denying that. But the difference between where Kentucky is, where we want them to be, is you got to show up in primetime games. You know, mm-hmm. people people ask, you know, the recipe for how Kirk Ferentz has stayed at Iowa for this long. Well, there Iowa is bowl eligible for the twenty second time in the last twenty three seasons. Yeah, that's uh... that that'll do it, right? That'll mm-hmm. that'll do it, right? Mm-hmm. And like I said, part of it is Ferentz beats the rivals, right? Like one nine out of ten against Iowa State, uh, eight out of ten, whatever it is against Nebraska. Uh, I just realized they play Wisconsin for a trophy. I didn't know that for some kind of bronze bull trophy. Iowa plays for a lot of weird trophies, and then they've got the one with Minnesota, the pig trophy. Right? You win those games, but it was just a few years ago. Iowa beat Ohio State fifty-five seventeen. Mm-hmm. The last 10 games against Michigan, Iowa has the advantage six games to four. Oh, yeah, that's a nice so, so you beat the rivals, but if you want to keep, 
keep that fire going, well, sometimes you got to beat a Michigan. Sometimes you got to beat Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's where this Kentucky program is. If you want to make that next leap, I don't think it's necessarily going to Atlanta and the uh, in a, uh, the, the SEC championship game. I think you've got to have a marquee win. We've talked about this before. You know, uh, uh, Rich Brooks did beat uh, uh, LSU, right? Mm-hmm. Joker Phillips, you know, finally beat Tennessee mm-hmm. and took care of South Carolina and, and, and Steve Spurrier, right? Nope. And we have seen every football coach, there has been that signature win. And, you know, when you look at Stoops, what would you say? Maybe the bowl game against Penn State, maybe that uh, 41-38 win over Louisville, but there's no SEC win. Yeah. That that you're just like, wow. Okay. Uh well and which we give we got we give we give Joker credit for Tennessee, which you have to. And I guess ending the Florida streak is probably the Stoops' most marquee SEC win. You won in the swamp and ended the streak, which was on par with what Joker did in the right. Tennessee streak. I guess is that Stoops' best SEC win? But but yeah, and and that's even, and it's not like it's a top ten team or, and a, and, and that's what that's what needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, in a couple of weeks, whatever, when we play Alabama, beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. I know this isn't vintage Alabama, but that's what's missing. We're building toward this. Uh, that's that that's the sizzle that we need. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see that happen, obviously, but that that's what we're missing because it's just too easy now to pivot toward other things because Kentucky football, even though it's better than it has been, it's still in that because every program seems to have that moment, that big moment that has eluded Kentucky football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... You're right. And we still talk about beating Alabama 97, and that Alabama team wasn't any good. But the name Alabama, it's still, you know, (laughs) that's that's 26 years ago. And first time you beat them since 1922. Yeah. Beat them again. It'll be the first time you beat them since 1997. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, I want the football team to do well. I, I'm not trying to get involved in the football versus basketball debate. That has been whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, if you keep commanding our attention, then you have to deliver. And you have mm-hmm. to deliver in prime time. Mm-hmm. That's that's what has eluded uh, Kentucky football the last few seasons. Yes, the Florida win. And, and beating Florida, I'm one of those people. I'm not trying to discount beating Florida. Mm-hmm. I've seen too many of those go the other way, so I'm yeah. going to enjoy all those. But now we're ready to do something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what's eluded the football program to this point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, well, I mean, this Tennessee team is still going to be better than any other Tennessee team Stoops has beaten. Even though they, you know, they might not be 
eleven and one like they were last year or whatever. They they're you know coming down. We'll see what they do against Alabama. And yeah. I like the fact that they're playing Alabama, then coming to us. So you know that's that's a they're in the middle of their grind. They just played Texas A and M and they won. But that you know that offense, you know they they fussing about it down here right now. It, they had what, seven points into the second half. They were sitting on a touchdown. It was a punt return that sparked them and kind of got them gave them yeah. the lead. The offense only scored 13 points. So I was kind of surprised to see Texas A&M come to them at home, coming off a bye, and just basically keep them on lockdown. So, you know, they, every fan base got something to fuss about. I listened to, you know, different stations. I was listening to a little Birmingham radio, but they had Jason Swain on, play receiver for Tennessee, and they were asking him about the offense, asking him about the passing game. You can basically carbon copy what we've been saying to what he said. He said, you know, when either, you know, Joe Milton is inaccurate or when he hits them, they drop it or we have protection issues. It's one of those three. And those three things are on the same page. I'm like, but no, yo, we saying the same thing up here. And he down here saying the same exact thing about them. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is there's 135 <laughs> FBS teams. And, you know, I would say 100 are in the same boat, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we've talked about it before. The difference between five and seven, you know, if you want to say, like, uh, uh, not five and six, is it five? Yeah. Or four and eight and eight and four, just a handful of plays. Mm-hmm. And the margins are so thin for most programs, you can't shoot yourself in the foot. And that's what yeah. Kentucky has done. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the kind of stuff that lingers over a program, you know, uh, going back to the, the Florida game some years ago with two touchdowns of people uncovered. I mean, it's, you've got to have this attention to detail, uh, that, you know, it's kind of missing right now. Mm-hmm. And we'll keep all this going. We got a couple of friends of the show. Like you said, they, they used to come on here before they got their own show and now they got their own show. Uh, and they're going to come on here and chop it up with us before they do that show. Van House and Anthony White both played for the Cats, and we'll get into all this with them and get their thoughts. And, of course, they're going to have even more thoughts when they do their thing at 9 o'clock. But uh, I want to just pivot to baseball real quick because you, you bring the stats out, and I'm talking football and baseball, when you say – was it Matt Ryan and who's the top 20 passers, Matt Ryan and somebody like ahead of Johnny Unitas and. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, it's like Carrie Collins. Yeah. And somebody else are right. It, it used to be Carrie Collins and somebody else are right above Johnny Unitas and Joe Montana, as far as uh, career passing yardage. Career and I'm passing. like, there, I'm like, there's no way you can't just use numbers to make, to make an argument. And so i agree with that and maybe maybe because i'm petty as a braves fan i'll go ahead and put that out there because the the national league east hatred is kind of the same as the nfc east hatred i hate the phillies just as much as i hate the eagles the phillies just bounced inside the playoffs twice having said that i think when i put this stat out here you might you might agree with me phillies up 2-0 on the diamondbacks 
but they're two games away from the World Series. I was hoping the Diamondbacks could knock them out. Cal Schwarber, who your lovely wife knows well, former Cub. The, the Phillies just went off last night. They won 10 to nothing. Everybody was hitting home runs. That ballpark is like this big. And they're out, the Phillies were just in their bag going yard. Kyle Schwarber hits a home run last night. And I'm, I'm, I didn't even watch the game. I'm watching Sports Center before I go to work this morning. And on the scroll, it says Kyle Schwarber ties Reggie Jackson for the most postseason home runs by a left handed hitter, 18. And I'm like, this, this is not the same. This That's is, correct. this is Kerry Collins ahead of John Unitas. You're not going to impress me. First of all, there's more playoff rounds. You got wild cards yes. and you got yep. NLDS, you got NLCS, you got a whole lot more at bats and a whole lot more of this and that. Right. You can't just throw out, oh, he just matched Reggie Jackson and expect it to just, it, no, yeah. no. For, for, the, for the record, this is all time passing yards. Number 19. Joe Flacco, number 20, Russell Wilson just moved to number 20. Number 21, Kerry Collins. Number 22, Joe Montana. Number 23, Johnny Unitas. Number 24, Kirk Cousins. Number 25, Andy Dalton. So when people say, when you start talking about numbers, that doesn't work. Mm-mm. And when you look at sheer numbers, Andy Dalton, the top twenty-five passer in NFL history. That I mean, come on. When it, when it, I mean, look at some of these names. Of course, at the top, it's Brady, Breeze, Manning, whatever. Philip Rivers, you know, I don't know. Uh, I didn't know Carson Palmer's number fifteen. Mm. That jumped out at me. Number sixteen mm-hmm. is Vinny Testaverde. You know, hey, Matthew St- Matthew Stafford is number eleven. Okay. Now, if you were drafting, if you had to pick top quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks would it take to get to Matthew Stafford? Fifty? <laughs> Maybe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Because I mean, old school dudes that could play in this era, you still picking them ahead of Stafford. I mean, you're picking Bart Starr and Johnny Unitas and all those but, dudes. But but look who's not even close. Did you know that Jay Cutler has more passing yards than uh, Steve Young? <laughs> no. Derek Carr has more passing yards than Jim Kelly. Derek Carr? Derek Carr. Lord. Hmm. And so when you look at all these kinds of things, it's like, oh, wow. Like, really? I mean, uh, Steve Young's got – he's number 42. Hmm. Troy Aikman is 44. And so, I, 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 you know, it's one of – I agree that you have to look at different eras, right, and just tossing out, well, this guy's got such and such a passing yards. Really? Yeah. When, when, when did, you know, especially if it's something new, I will flip that around. I saw this on the internet today. Apparently, First Take was debating their greatest receiver of all time. And I'm like, it starts with number two. Like Dan Orvlosky, Orvlosky, whatever his name is, was talking about, I guess it's, they didn't bring up Calvin Johnson. I'm like, I know y'all just start with number two, right? Like, there's no argument for anybody else, right? Like, okay, we 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 are we are we cool with that? You know, I, I saw that got you. 
Get your ire. I was like, oh, yeah, they, they're going to poke TB with this one. That's, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry was a 10-time first-team All-Pro for a decade. Mm-hmm. He, the, he the best. And then, like, five-time, he was second-team. Like, that is – anyway, I'm not going to go on that because you know I could talk about that forever and ever. Uh, but you can't use numbers, uh, particularly with division series and wild card games all counting. Yeah. It it you know and and way back when it was you won the pennant and then you played the World Series mm-hmm. like it's, it's 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 not this it's not the same thing. That's the one side of baseball and baseball numbers that I'm like I don't know. And then you know you I think they used to even kind of get on a rod about this like his. His home runs were kind of hollow, like you're winning seven to one, and then he hits a three run home run. But it's not like a a clutch home run that ties it or gives you the lead. Reggie Jackson was winning clutch World Series games against the Dodgers in the ninth, and there, you know, you gotta you gotta have it. Kyle Schwarber, they was already up six to nothing. I mean, Diamondbacks didn't score, so. <laughs> As soon as the Phillies got one run last night, the game was over. They didn't know it, but it's a lot less pressure on some of these home runs than others. Yeah, I'm back on my uh, BS of just wearing whoever won the night before. That's the cap when I'm out in the back. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh, you're a t- Texas Rangers fan? <laughs> of course. <laughs> I sent that. I sent that picture to. Uh, to the man Ben Sutterth on there, you know, he's talking about the Rangers. I'm like, I got three Rangers caps. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Jay, you hurt my heart. You wear some Philly stuff, but hey, you, hey, they won last night. So do what you got to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I've got, I've got, yeah, I got a Phillies cap. You know, here's the thing. I have not bought any hats in a long time. Any MLB hats because once I got them all, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm cool. Mm-hmm. And like, and as teams change up, I'm like, do I really want to invest in another Marlins hat? Now nah, I'm good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to be replacing too 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 many uh, as teams change uh, their 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 logos. The only thing right. I want to do is I might get a new Cleveland one. Because the only Cleveland one I have is the one with the big Chief Wahoo on it. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not going to wear that one. <laughs> so I might get the one with the Block C, but I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing it. I've I've got them all. Mm-hmm. And you know, happy retirement to Terry Francona because that dude, to, to do what he did in Boston and then got Cleveland to the World Series against the Cubs. You know, he almost ended two droughts. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and Cleveland's one of those things, too. It's like, you know, I'm going to say this because she's not here. You know, basically, those were two droughts in 2016. Yeah. I mean, once you get to a 50-year title drought, mm-hmm. it's all the same. It all blends in together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ain't, ain't no young person remember when Cleveland won a World Series, right? Like, ain't, nobody, no. ain't no young person remembering that, right? So mm-hmm. once it gets past 50, Okay, we all in the same boat at that point. Uh, so it's one of those things, you know. Somebody had to, somebody had to, somebody had to lose. Yeah, yep. And it was uh, drought was going to end either way. You're exactly right. Uh, speaking of, we got one guest backstage right now, taking time out of their eating before they do their own show. 
UKDB co-host on the locker. You hear him with Larry Glover. You hear him on Tom Leach's show. Uh, you see him doing cut-ups. You see him dropping knowledge. Play for the Bears. Without further ado, number 17, everybody's favorite DB, Van House. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's up, Van? VH? Hey, what's up, VA? You ain't hit me with the everybody <laughs> DBA love. That's that is not it. <laughs> we are um, what's the word? We are love when we do well, but we are we suck when we give up a TD. Mm. Mm-hmm. You like that closer? It's a love hate relationship. The closer, either a save or a blown save, right. no in between. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It has nothing to do with the first eight innings. It has nothing to do with the starter giving up five runs. <laughs> hey, it's all about me, though. I give up two hits, and it's like, oh, you horrible. <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. Appreciate you hopping on here, man, because you got your own show coming up at 9, The yeah. Locker. And, you know, I didn't know if y'all would ever, you know, hadn't had your own forever. And I was like, man, they got their stuff they doing on Wednesdays. And appreciate y'all working it out, and. I guess ADOT's on his way, man. So appreciate you. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll find a way, you know. We'll, we'll find a way for the fellas. Some way, somehow. I, I got to ask a question, Vic. Uh-oh. You, 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 you've done the cut-ups. The uh-huh. stuff we saw against Missouri, is it fixable? Everything. Look, and I always harken back to my playing days because we were not good. Um... And I look, I apologize to you two for having your college experience not being what these young kids have now. Because there's some kids now, they're like, oh my God, we're not going to win 10 games? Football stinks. So I apologize for that. But here's the deal <laughs> I played in the era, really. If you look back on that, when you're playing, you don't believe it. But I can look back and say, we had no business being on the field with some of these teams, talent wise. Um, do we have some guys on the team that could play? Yes. But on those teams, name me five players on the team that I play for, offensive and defensive combined, that could have started for any good team in the SEC. It would be hard. The only guy that I can tell you right now, this is pre-Tim Couch, is Mo Williams. Mo Williams the only definite guy on our team that could have started pretty much on any team in the SEC. We got guys now that other teams will – other teams right now in NIL are going to try to handpick some of these guys away from us, right? So we got more guys right now and since about 2017. We got guys on the on the roster that can compete for a starting position on any other team. So now that's the difference. You can't fix that. Like that, the guys on your team are the guys on your team. You can't fix that. But the errors, the mental breakdowns, that's fixable. Um, so can it be fixed? Yes. And we're five and two, and we sitting here talking about this crap because we're five, we're five and two. And 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 I look, you know me, I'm as positive as they come. Yes. Uh, but my whole thing was, you know, the loss to Georgia. We all kind of assumed we would be five and one at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my whole thing is what I was talking to Vinny earlier is how do we look in the loss? My concern against Missouri was. If Cook comes out, throws for 500 yards, all right, okay. But Missouri didn't do anything to to show me, like, 
I wasn't wild by them. It's like, why are we losing to these guys? Uh, this is this is to me how I know it's fixable. Concern. Everybody should be concerned. Even if you're winning, there's concern. No one wins flawlessly. There's always concern. <laughs> People got in my mentions from Missouri, and guys are talking about, oh, that was a blowout. I'm like, dude, it was 21-20 at the start of the fourth quarter. <laughs> Where, where's the blowout? Like, this game, if the Georgia game was going to create a hangover, it didn't. We right. came out 14-0. So, honestly, this game had nothing to do with Georgia. This game had something to do with guys controlling their temper, um, controlling not being frustrated, controlling with things basically control the things that you can control and we didn't do that well enough in this game i mean if you think about it we got 14-0 and it should have been 13-14 a half but it was 17-14 we come out after half have a fumble that defense could have easily given up a touchdown and go 24-14 easily now that would have been tough to come back from they mm-hmm. held onto a field goal so the boys didn't stop fighting it's just a situation of things just went downhill fast and we couldn't recover in the fourth. And so with a lot of the stuff, this is what I love with your analysis. Sorry about that, Vinny. I know you're going to hire me. But I think a lot of times people hear somebody say something and they run with it. And it's like, no, that's why I like when you break it down. It's like, no, let's look at time score, break it down like this. It's more than just – well, we got blown out. Well, what do you mean by that? Or these guys quit. What do you mean by that? Like, words have meaning, right? So what – and I, I should have asked that question, you know, how do we fix this? But it's these little things that, you know, the margins of error are very, very small. And it's like if we fix these little things, I'd feel better as we move through the rest of the season. Because yeah. the season's not over with. <laughs> not at five and two. It, my, I can't remember what coach told me this. It was years ago. Everybody focuses on the play, but nobody focuses on the play before the play because normally the play before the play is the precipice for the play. So, for example, we 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 up 14-0. It was second and 10. I think Mizzou is on the minus 40-ish. Our, our outside linebacker, we had a good pressure. He comes inside. Their quarterback scrambles for the longest run they had all game, 25 yards. It takes them to like the plus 30-something. That's how they was able to get that fake punt. Because if they don't, if we don't let that play happen, they are not in position to do a fake punt and be comfortable in it. There are issues in games like, for example, the, the third and the third and 20 play. We had second and nine, throw a perfect pass to, to Dane Key. We get a holding call. We don't get in third and 20 without the holding call. And on that play, we're on the 45. It backs us all the way to like the 10-yard line. Like those kind of things, we have to understand that there are more than just that one play. There's more than just the interception play. What happened before the interception that caused us to be in that situation? Oh, uh, This team is better than what they have put out on paper for as far as stats. But these guys got to find a way to catch the ball, and we got to find a way to complete the layups more consistently. But this game, man, Devin Lear played a damn good game, and he has nothing to show for it. 
So when you say we hear it, even after wins, especially after losses, <laughs> you hear you hear Stoop say, you know, we got got to get that corrected, got to get that cleaned up, got to you know cleaned up. Go in depth as to what getting stuff cleaned up is. Like the penalties, is it each position coach getting with the guys and just doing reps or doing drills or doing mental stuff? Is it the, the coordinator? What goes into cleaning stuff up? Because you you definitely gonna hope when you play Tennessee, you don't duplicate what just happened. So what is the cleaning up that we we hear coaches talk about as Anthony White is able to join us, uh, your co-host, working and doing his thing? Appreciate you, man. Man, glad to be here, man. Finally get on. Sheesh. <laughs> man. We're just picking y'all's brain like we always do. Just ask Van. We hear coaches say stuff gets cleaned up. What goes into the cleaning up? Is it the position coaches meeting with the guys, like the penalties, for instance, to where you won't duplicate what we saw against Missouri when Tennessee comes to town? I was we just trying to get your thoughts on what is actually involved in cleaning it up. Man. My my day, that, that whole clean with this team, I don't know where to start. Like I said, back in Van's day was completely different than back in Hal Mommy's day. Most for the most part, the cleaning up to me, uh, in my day was making sure you know what your assignments are. And I think knowing what your assignments are, we repetition so much in my in my time, we repetition so much that you don't have pre-snap him. You don't have to jump offside. You relax, you know when the ball is snapped, boom, 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 boom. Now, if you guessing why the ball is snapped, sometimes you forget the snap count. Sometimes you're paying attention to too much stuff. So that's kind of cleaning up. Like let's 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 shrink our playbook. Let's see what De Devin Leary likes to run. We're gonna, you know, we got five plays we can go to. So on third and medium, we can go to this third and short, we can go to this because he's comfortable running. He don't have to think the offense line, don't have to think. Uh, and then you got routes with the receivers. Can work on getting off of the bump. Can work on getting separation, getting a release, so the timing ain't messed up. So to me, it's kind of like clean up a lot of the things. Uh, basically, tighten up from the from the offensive aspect. But I do think one thing that I've been hearing coming out of the camp in this uh, bye week was uh, cleaning up, and people was making light of it that he making them run gassers. That is my thing. Like if you mess up. We they I don't know they may still do up downs but I don't believe at this level they still do up downs they could probably not but to me one thing is if you keep jacking up you gonna be well conditioned <laughs> so that's one thing but it's always worked for me on all levels man having to run when you make a mistake in the middle of practice having to run every time because now you get the fatigue starts to set in so now you got to focus more in practice. Now you tired? Okay, you like jump off sides because you wasn't thinking. Now you even tired. So now you give yourself that mental focus on being prepared uh, while you tired. And if you want to, if you want to do it, and have money, we used to practice so quick. Man, we'd be done. We had practice for an hour and fifteen, hour and 25, 30 minutes. Oh, the whole practice—that's warm ups and everything. Because we, if we got out there and got it quick, was was sharp and quick, we get off the field. If we didn't. We, we had to go over. We didn't run gassers back then, and we were one of the most penalized teams in the SEC. But, <laughs> <laughs> right, but that was because we didn't have discipline. That was definitely because we didn't have discipline, but we made up for it a lot of times, so we had converted third and 13, third right. and 15. Joe, you got the same answer, Van? Uh, that, look, 
he said the perfect thing, and I want people to understand this. He said all this cleaning stuff up. He didn't say nothing about Coach Stoops. He didn't say nothing about Coach White. He didn't say nothing about Liam, about the position coach. He says about the players. The only thing people understand that in the game, we can go and practice and do all the shit right. Oh, I mean, we can we can hit we can be all cylinders in practice. Can you com- translate that to the game? And that's something that we having a problem with is translating that from the Joe Craft Center over to Commonwealth. That's a problem. That means to me, Anthony said, I'm gonna go a different level on defense. When I think I hit my my peak in college is when I knew what everybody else had to do. When I played quarterback in high school, I knew everybody's position. Someone came to me off of the line and said, man, what do I have to do? Oh, you got to scoop that guy. I had to know everybody. When you get on defense, once I know what my safety has, what I know what my linebacker has, what I know what the defense end on my side has, I become more comfortable. Because now I know where I fit in that scheme. The other thing is not only know what everybody's responsibility is, then you know the strengths and weaknesses of all my players. I'll never forget. The only way I picked that ball off in Tennessee is because I knew what my linebacker was going to do on that play. If I didn't know that, I wouldn't have been in that position. I knew on play action fake, he's coming. <laughs> he is not going to be in his zone. So what I got to do, I got to kind of cover his zone a little bit because I'm, I would rather him play the run than to play soft. So I know now, okay, I know his responsibility is curl flat, right? So knowing my guy's responsibility is number one. Then knowing who he is, well, if they play action fake, he ain't going to be in the curl flat. So I might have to help him out on there. That's when you are tightening stuff up and the little things don't happen with guys being out of position. Because I'm not going to be over here when I know, man, I ain't supposed to have my, my hand in that cookie jar. I better keep it over here. Hmm. Some of these guys are starting to do things a little bit out of the framework of the of the scheme. You can you can kind of color outside the edge a little bit, but you can't be a, a preschooler doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so objectively, I just want to ask y'all deep, you know, by week, self-scout, you go back to basics, you hear all that. As you all watch this team, do you all say, oh, I made that same mistake? Or I remember being in that position and, and doing the same thing, what I'm watching this young fella do. Can y'all objectively say that? Or did y'all like, man, I, I did not do that when I played? Or where y'all kind of come out on <laughs> watching, you know, because since y'all are removed from playing, watching to guys be honest, To be honest for me, I was – and I and I – I'm not trying to compare myself. I was more to Ray Davis. And, and it, my coaches will tell you, my teammates will tell you, I did whatever had to be done. If it was a game where I had it, I'll tell coach I'll stand and block. Now, does that hurt our team? Yeah, because Tim don't have a safety valve. But I'd rather him be able to, you know, get the ball outside. So I will sacrifice myself to make the game plan work uh, a lot of times. You wanted me to you, – you if you go back and watch our games, there was games where I ran a lot. There was games where I didn't do nothing but catch the ball out of the backfield. Because if you they didn't want me to stay in the block, but I say that to say, so when practice is going on, we trying to put something together. This or this ain't working. Hey, well, coach, I can line up in the slot, you know, whatever. You can take me off the field as far as I'm concerned. We'll put a full back in and put four receivers in. So if, if they if you play in Mississippi State, they want to bring the house every damn time. 
and we on the sideline figuring out, okay, that dude coming off the edge on third, da da da. So chip him, and you you still gonna be in the route, but make sure you chip him first, give him time. So my point is, at this time of year, we kind of, I I, I guess I kind of go back down and condense and everything. And no, we wasn't, we wasn't like this because this is the biggest thing when he's talking about the player meeting. You ain't dropping this many footballs. And maybe it was the, the half. And no, it wasn't even one bad play. James Tucker and them dudes, you're not dropping that many footballs and not getting cussed out, not getting hands and feet put on you. And you really – you either not going to go back on the field because you don't jack up so much, or if you do go back on the field, Vinny and TB, the last thing you're going to do is put the football <laughs> on the ground. So and I got a question about that. I got a question about that. Uh, Anthony, when it comes to the drops, is it just a concentration thing or is it trying to get the ball and make the next move? What is it that you're kind of seeing or if there's anything universal with the with the drops that we're seeing? Are the, are the receivers trying to do too much? No, and me and Van talk about this on the locker. I don't think they doing enough work prior to the ball coming out. They're not doing – like I said, they're not setting themselves. Like you said, if you run a fade route, don't run straight to the sideline. Save as much room as you can. Lean on the corner. And we used to warm up doing that in air raid. Lean on the corner, catch the ball on the outside. You see Craig East, you go back and watch them. Craig East, Derek Abney, they do it all the time. Like It was just second nature just running straight and just stick your arms out. We didn't lean. We didn't fade. Okay, I got that much room over there. Bam. And you just throw your hands out. But I think there's a lot of work done in practice. I think there's a lot of work done catching or with the receivers and the quarterback getting it. But they're not prepared to catch the ball because they ain't done enough work prior to that. So it's make it tougher. If a guy's right there on you, you know, the ball may be, or might, may be out of place. But for Devin to throw some of those wide open balls, like out, is, a, is more of a a continuity thing. He don't expect them to be open. And when he sees them open, oh man, I guess it's, you know, kind of like you, you watch baseball, I got on my Indian stuff, a third baseman with a routine, routine grounder. Sometimes it's just that man, that thing go high and go wherever, but I just don't think they doing enough work outside of game time, outside of practice time, because the receivers ain't really getting enough separation for them to feel comfortable catching the ball. And I don't think Devin Leary feels comfortable a lot of times anticipating them being where they're supposed to be. Mm. So do I think it's, it's kind of, you know, they have a problem with catching it? No, I, I think their hands are all pretty good. I just think it's so much that went on before the ball is released that they they, they got so much going on in their mind. Is Devin going to deliver the ball in the right place? Devin, are they going to be in the right location when I cock this thing back? I don't know. I just I, – I ain't see those problems with Andre Woodson. <laughs> I ain't see those problems with us. Like some of the greats, and we thought Devin was going to be a great, even even Will for that matter, man. When the guy was open, majority of the times he, he put it right on him. He just had a hard time processing who was going to be open and picking that guy out. Yeah, it it trying to say a, a comparison. If if I'm working on an assembly line, right, and I've been working there ten years, them people can almost do it with their eyes closed. Right. If 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 I'm a producer on ESPN and I got three games going on, and people want to, oh my God, I go in the when you go in the in the control room, you see all these buttons and all these TVs. How do they go back and forth? Because they have done it so many times, it's second nature. 
this passing game to these receivers and catching the ball is not second nature. They are thinking too much when the ball's coming instead of just boom. There. I look, I play quarterback, and right now in my high school, I don't need to know the receiver. I can just naturally lead them because I've done it so many times. I've been throwing the ball so long that it's second nature. These guys have not caught enough balls, which means Anthony will tell you, you got to get on that jugs machine. You got to get one of those, one of those GAs, one of the trainers, I mean, one of the what, equipment managers, somebody out there, you just boom, boom. I saw a, a clip not too long ago where the guy had his hand, Anthony, that boy, this dude had his hands right after the, the, the two wheels. He was yeah, right yeah. on it. Yeah, that's what you need. Train your hands. I saw some kids the other day. They were catching against wet balls. They had a bucket in between their legs. They put their hand in a the bucket. Then when the ball came, they had to come out. Now you catch with wet hands. Those are the kind of things we are. I'm just saying, I don't know. But on Saturday, it looks like we ain't putting enough reps in because we missing balls. Dude, right here. Not like here where you got to extend. Balls that are like I can't handle it better. So right, and 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 that's the that's the thing too is that attention to detail that I think we're we're not getting. Like I was uh, telling the wife, you know, when uh, uh, the 49ers went from Montana to to Young, mm. and and Jerry was working on catching. I remember catching this on you know inside the NFL or whatever. Well, he found like a left-handed quarterback in the area. That's who he won't, you know, because the spin is different coming yeah. from a left-handed quarterback. So he's like, I'm going to work on catching left-handed ball. Like, it's those little things that I know using Jerry Rice as a receiver example is a kind of a cheat code. But it's those, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's those little things that you have to pay attention to to get where you want to go. But here's the thing. Using Jerry Rice is a perfect thing to use because you know why? Because Jerry Rice is so talented. He could have went home like, man, I've been catching so many. I'm a million balls. I don't need to work on this no more. Him at his highest level, throwing a guy who's a left-hander, but throwing a ball. He couldn't he just say, oh, this is going to find a guy who can throw it. He specifically honed in on what I need to do to get better. If Jerry Rice can do it, why can't we do it? Well, and that's why I fell in love with Jerry. But go ahead. Uh, you, Vinny, go. you got a question? <laughs> Cool. Like I, uh, Van, you you've seen the you know the cerebral side. Uh, who college pro or maybe thinks the game like you or as much as you do? Because you seem to be one that, that really thinks it. Who's some more cerebral types like yourself that you know wow. you got the athleticism, but then you you seem to like really think it break down, know what everybody else is doing, and not everybody does that. So I would just tell you one thing. First of all, and Anthony would tell you, <laughs> did I have athletic ability? Sure. I mean, I couldn't go to college without being sort of an athlete, but I wasn't even close to being the most athletic guy in the DB room. Not even close. I mean, I'm probably, jeez, in all my years, I probably was at the bottom if you, if you don't count the walk-ons. I mean, be honest with you. I mean, we had guys, LT ran a 4-3. We had Reggie Rush run a 4-3. We had Stephen Hall, who was 6'3", 40-some-inch vertical. We had Carlos Collins, who were, like, we just had some dudes on that side of the ball. So for me, the only way I, the best way for me to be able to compete in this level is to beat them another way. And I couldn't beat you with my speed. I, I wasn't the biggest guy. I wasn't small, but I wasn't the biggest guy. So for me, it was in between the ears. Because then 
if I can, and I learned this from Marty Moore watching Marty Moore when I first got there. Marty Moore was the freaking slowest guy on the team. <laughs> Wasn't even close. Marty was always where he's supposed to be, though. And it was like, why is Marty, why can't Marty see what everybody else can't see and beat everybody else to the ball? Yeah. It's before the snap. It's understanding the defense, where the weakness is, where the strength is. Um, some of these kids, man, are just so athletic. They don't have to, they don't have to do it because their speed can make up for it. The thing about it, though, if you marry the two, if you can marry the two, you're elite. The the guy who I know and he doesn't play anymore is Ed Reed. And I wasn't even on Ed Reed level. Ed Reed wrote down everything. I didn't write down everything. I wrote down some stuff. But Ed Reed would write down everything. And Ed Reed was an athlete, an elite, elite athlete. When you marry the two of film study, knowing the defense, also knowing the offense. See, sometimes you don't you focus too much on your defense. Sometimes I know what they do too. Find some little intricacies or nuance that they're doing that can that can give you an idea what the next play is. Um, so nowadays, I don't know. I don't know if there's any guy on our team. Maybe DeAndre Square and Jock Jones last year, but I'm not sure this year we got any guy who's really, really studying film. <laughs> really studying film. Trevin Wallace, maybe? Hey, Dot, you kind of describe yourself as, as a hooper who played football. Like basketball <laughs> is your sport, your first love. And so for you to do what you did in the SEC as a running back when you are a hooper just out here playing running back, you know, getting yards, catching passes. Had you chose basketball, where would you have been? Where would you have ended up? What direction would that have taken you? Who would you have played for? And all of that. I don't know, man. It was it was tough, man. I, like I said, I got more awards in basketball in high school, but I uh, but for some reason, I was always like football wise, like man, it was basically unstoppable. I just had fun playing football. Like it just wasn't. It was just natural. Basketball I worked on a lot. I wasn't tall. I mean, back then six two, but everybody on my team was six four and bigger. So six it was our point guard was six foot. I was six two. My twin cousin was six four. Posey back then was like six 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 seven. We had another six six uh transfer guy from Canada. We had a six seven dude. Uh so basically I was a smaller guy, but I don't know. I, I will say this. I so when I when Bill Curry came to, to visit, you know, every school telling you everything. I had to stay on the East Coast though, because my mom wanted to uh my mom wanted to come to all the games, and so I couldn't travel to which at that point in time, Colorado was recruiting the hell out of me before the offensive coordinator came over here. And that was funny. <laughs> but uh, so I'm talking to Curry and I'm like, you know, what's, you know, we asked, we just asked stupid questions. Like what's your best program? What are y'all known for? What do you see me? We see you, you know, being an athlete, you can play offense, you can play defense. You did both in high school. I said, well, what about basketball? Oh yeah, we, we definitely, he said, you keep up with us. I said, yeah, I got a pretty good team. Pretty good teams, like yeah. I was like, so I could play basketball. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a great team. That we we encouraged that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and now to me, I didn't really. I grew up a, a Fab Five dude, so I grew up Big Ten, kind of really Michigan fan. So I was like, I didn't know Kentucky was as as you know as storied as they are. So I'm just kind of like, okay, I might be able to go over and play. And I get here, got a class with Twan and all that. So I'm like, man, 
right. <laughs> and I came in with Wayne Turner, Ryan Mercer, Nah. <laughs> so you, I don't know if you remember this or not. If y'all recall, Tubby's first year. Yeah. So uh, Saul no. was Wayne was a Wayne was point guard. Saul was, was point second guard. year, I think. No, it wasn't his first year. I think it was the second year. I think it was the second year. It was 98. Yeah. Yeah, the 98 year. Yeah, so it was the second year. First so year they have open tryouts. And you know we always over playing basketball at Memorial, so they have open tryouts. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to go try out. You know, Saul, I mean, I, Wayne is the dude, but I can, hey, I can take Saul's spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we talked to Coach, and, you know, we talked to the system, man, we'd like to have you out here or whatever. So he get back to Mummy, man. Mummy said, I heard you trying to play basketball. So yeah, man, I always wanted to play at this level. That'd be pretty nice, man. So that's cool. i tell you what, White, you go out and try and play basketball, I'm not holding a position for you. I said, what do you mean? I didn't do nothing to lose my position. He said, if you go play basketball, you get hurt or whatever, you got to earn your position back. And I was just like, damn, this was 98. So this was going into my junior year. Mm. Like, all right. Well, I guess I ain't going to play basketball. So (laughs) I guess so. I guess to answer your question, I could have took the risk and tried to play basketball and see. I I didn't have the height or whatever. But uh, and like I said, our expectations were so high here. Could have been a national a national champ, but I guess I could have took the risk to see what happened, but you know, with the clout we had coming from '97 to '98, oh man, shoot, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, y'all, <laughs> y'all thoughts on Shane Beamer, man? Food don't don't kick something and broke his foot. And <laughs> What a goofball! What a goober, man! What a what a goofy. no 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 no! I'm not sure he's hurt. He's the kind of guy who would do something and just try to pull one over on you. All like, right, do like how can we prove that his foot hurt? He's gonna he's gonna fucking oh, excuse me if I'm sorry I'm, I'm not <laughs> sorry excuse me. How do we know he's not using this as a as a motivating thing for his players? Cause he would do this, man. I, I'm. Why would I, as a coach, no one else in SID, no one, no other your players, no other media member know anything about you kicking some and, and, and coming up hobbling, right? For you to announce that, there's some ulterior motives to it for me. It's the most fishy to you. It's fishy to me. Okay, I got you. I, that I feel the same. That don't sound like something you would announce. Right. He told, he told the world on what yeah. Fine Bomb. What was he on? Was he on Fine Bomb show? He told he the world. He wasn't even asked. He wasn't even prompted to give up the information. He just gave up the information. No, man. <laughs> I don't trust that. Hey, I say we lost to a team in high school. We ain't, we ain't lose very many games. We lost to a team, man. Uh, ice cold, wet. You know how people talk. They went the field down. So our coach bought into that. So instead of us running our option, we we running off tackles up the middle or whatever. It was a close game. We go in at uh at halftime and they wish that we blew them out like 48 nothing the year before, but they wind up winning the state this year. Coach comes in, bam. Uh our you know, the, you know everybody got a coach that's just real big, like, yeah. swole, puts his hand through the board. So we like, ooh. And now we like, man, who <laughs> so you know us, we've been a little smart asses. Who owns that board, man? You just broke a board or whatever. 
We go through, we go through the rest, and I, this is this is the band's point. We go through the rest of the game. We wind up losing the game, man. Everybody walking around mad, man. So we punching lockers now because Coach gave us that. Man, we came to we came to Saturday film session. Man, Coach came with his hand all wrapped up, and, and uh, not like a like a, not a permanent cast, but uh, a temporary cast on and everything. So to that point, he he, he knew he messed his stuff up, but he ain't want us to know right. that uh, that tough guy routine didn't work. <laughs> oh man last thing if we gotta let y'all go man but van man no shade but are you, can your strolls rally back and and get back in this series against texas man um we are we played texas i don't know how many games in arlington i think 12 guess how many games that we lost So, man, man, we we the strolls, bro. We 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 never worried. And with Dusty, we would come Dusty back there. We we all right. We all right. Now if they win tonight. Now then, talk to me. Talk to me about <laughs> 10 p.m. tonight. Right. Then out there, but no, I'm not worried. Right. All right. Well, fellas, what's coming up on the locker? Tell everybody how to listen, and and you know they everybody should know because look, look, Larry Glover tells everybody. Tom Leach tells everybody. You know they they be talking about you, man. So who, what y'all doing? Got any guests? What's what's coming up tonight at nine p.m. Eastern time? I was gonna try to do a, a media roundtable just to see what the talking heads say. So me and Ben, for the opposite, you know, the media always want to ask us and then critique what we got to say. Because I heard uh, people t- people taking jabs at me. I, I, one thing, one thing, Vinny and TV, I want you to know, I don't speak just to speak. Mm. If I don't know something, I don't know, I, or I just don't don't talk about it. So if I say something, somebody say, well, you you can believe me if you want to. All right, you don't have to believe me, but I know something. So just wait for it, wait for it. So we are, I was going to get the media on and have reverse. We're going to have round table with media people so they can give out their thoughts. And we say, that's dumbest, that's dumbest head. <laughs> but, uh, I ain't put the legwork in for that. So we are going to be on Wednesday. We come on, we follow on behind Vinny and TV, 9 p.m to 10-ish Eastern Standard Time every uh, Wednesday. Uh, we are, you can find us on all social media platforms. T-H-E-L-O-C-K-E-R, The Locker 411. Uh, all of them, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, X, Instagram, all that, man. TikTok. TikTok. Uh, but I will tell you this. Here's something that would work real good a couple years ago. We ain't gonna do it this week because we got to talk about what happened, mm. see which direction we headed coming out. But we got we gonna get our boys. We got we got a revenge party coming up with them boys from Tennessee. Ooh, I think Van might. Yeah, I think we both. I, me and Fred White came out the same year. I think Van played with uh yeah the year before the national championship. So the mm-hmm. two national championship guys, man, they came on. They told us last year. Tennessee was going to whoop us. And they told us why they thought Tennessee was going to whoop us. And Tennessee went out and whooped us. So now we're going to get them back on so we can see yeah, what they I'm talking I'm trying to get them back on. Not this Wednesday. No, well, not right after this show, but uh, next Wednesday, right. yeah. the 25th, I believe. I remember watching that one last year. I remember y'all having Fred and them on. Sure do. That was good stuff. Well, man, appreciate y'all coming on before y'all do y'all show, taking some time, man. Y'all been coming on here for years and Glad to get y'all back on here, man. 
Y'all done came a long time. way, man. We can't just jump on here. You can't just jump right, on here right. like he used to be back in the day. Back right. in the day, you just be able to just call in. Right, we just call in. Hey, 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 we gonna hop on tonight. Come on, no, man. We gotta have schedule. We gotta put on our itinerary. Right. And we trying to be like y'all, trying to be live on Twitter and stuff. And y'all was doing that long for us, we, you know, YouTube and all that. We trying to, we trying to do what y'all been doing. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. No, we enjoy it, man. We enjoy working with y'all, man. Yeah. And so Sunday in sports talk too. Forgot to mention that. I mentioned everywhere Van be going. You every Sunday with Jack Pilgrim and Larry Vault on six thirty, man. So yeah. Okay. You might get a little bit more van coming soon because Jack Pilgrim's pose he's expecting. It may have already had it. It should have already it should have happened mm-hmm. yesterday. Or yeah. I think it would have been on Twitter by now. So if once he once he got to take that time off, we're gonna try and get uh the lockers on Van House. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There, there you go. Stop. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, new fatherhood coming for Jackson. Yeah, yes. get, get Van in there. All right. Appreciate y'all, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate Absolutely. Y'all. Yes, sir. All right, appreciate it. All right, fellas. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Van House eight out white. Catch him at nine on the locker four one one. They've been coming on here forever, dropping knowledge, getting thoughts on the program. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been there and done it, man. So, yeah, always cool talking with them. Oh, and look, man, from weeks ago, this is a few weeks late, but your cousin, man, your cousin Mitch Brown. Has moved on from Lexington. And yep. I think he's he's back up in DC area where he's from. But he had nothing but you know great things to say about his time here and you yep. know, get settled in, get him back on. But uh hate to see him go. We've seen people come through and you know, this isn't the destination they're moving on to other things, but enjoy getting to meet people that have come through, the media types. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. Mitch was good people, man. He came on here for he didn't know us and came on here over and over again and you know, talk Lakers and Heat with you, and you know that was you know Brown family beef because you know your cousin was on the other side. But yeah, you know, best wishes to Mitch, and you know we're a few weeks late getting that out, but hope he's doing well back in in the what the DMV, what they call it up there. I think. Yeah. I believe so. I believe <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, man. Um, getting back to your Niners because you know you in those streets, you in the San Francisco social media streets is is it a concern for maybe not you or a lot of the fan base they're so physical that they always getting banged up you know i'm like are they they injury prone ish kiddo gets hurt every year at some point cmc has his little stuff you know are they are y'all worried that that, you know here we go again with this injury bug or y'all 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 ain't really worried about it how y'all how y'all feel about that i mean you got to play how you play right and and so uh this team is very physical and so my whole thing is if we got to rest guys rest them obviously because again like i said at the top i just want to be healthy come january uh and see what happens and and go into january as healthy as you can at the end of a 17-game NFL season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my thing. And, you know, look, like I said, as all the, of all the fan bases I've been a part of, like San Francisco fans, hey, we just enjoyed it, man. Like, you know, we, we are not trying to, you know, uh, get too out of control, you know, because 
I think we're still the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm like, this takes me back. Like this, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, we're gonna show up, we're gonna we're gonna do what we have to do. And I knew, uh, I think I said on here, we're gonna drop some games. We're not going 17 and 0. And against Cleveland, uh, with a lot of things went wrong and still had a shot to win at the end, I'm okay. You know, uh, let's get some of that bad juju out the way so we can win three or four straight uh, come January, February. And I think, I know if I saw it, I know y'all saw the stat, but was it uh, Cleveland's defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz or whatever, kind of kind of like, as, as Jerry Jones likes to say, he's kind of the kryptonite for – Shanahan, like Shanahan's kind of like when they when he matches up with that dude, yeah, you know, got a the record ain't too good, so you're not gonna see him again unless it's the Super Bowl and the Browns get there. But for whatever reason, everybody got their little, you know, yeah, Achilles heel, and that guy's kind of Shanahan's Achilles heel. Yeah, so I don't like I said, it, I'm not overly concerned. I mean, you know, there's always a referendum on Brock Purdy. This was his first regular season loss. That's, that's yeah right you know this is only the you know since he's been quarterback if you count the nfc championship game this is only the second loss in you know 18 games mm-hmm. so uh he came in starting for a team that was built to win now right like he did not get eased into anything and so i think he's played well uh you know sunday's game it was a stinker it was bound to happen Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, as long as you know he kind of plays mistake-free football, uh, I like I like where we are. What's um y'all one o'clock or four o'clock or twelve o'clock or three o'clock? I guess Central Time. What time is that kicking off? No, it's Monday night. Never mind. All Monday my night. rally friends is coming right. over on Monday night, baby. That's yeah, right. I'll be at U.S. Bank Field. I think that's what it is. Mm. And you know, I said something about uh, uh, the. Um, uh, the Metrodome, and I'm like, oh my, how <laughs> <laughs> I'm, da- I'm dating myself with that, right? So, yeah, crazy. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think Sunday is going to be we're going to do some print stuff and, and everything like that in Minneapolis. So I'm looking forward, looking forward to it, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun trip. So with with Kansas City's recent success, I know you said that's the closest NFL mm-hmm. city to y'all mm-hmm. is. Is Kansas City the official team of Des Moines, or is it Vikings country? How is how's where y'all are laid out as far as who they root for? I know who you root for. Oh, I was all well because of Kittle. It, like Des Moines is 49ers country for real. It's it's it has become mm. uh right. because you got Kittle and you've got Brock Purdy. So you've got Iowa and Iowa State mm. representing. You know, it would be, you know, if someone had you know, if uh, I don't know, you know, if Josh Allen was playing defense for Baltimore, right? Like that would get love for, uh, you know, because you got uh, Lamar, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, there's been a lot of times where the um, uh, the 49ers, per the map, you know, our good friend Ed puts out those maps, like what the coverage is for who gets to see what game around the NFL. And what game was it? It was the game before the Cowboys. I can't remember now, but we weren't supposed to get the game here. But I turned on the TV and we had the 49ers game. Now, we didn't this past week because it was 
Bears and Vikings, so I think it's more Bears oh. country here because of the Chicago connection. So mm-hmm. Bears and Vikings, I think, have a have a pull. But when they can, they're putting 49er games on TV because of Kittle and because of uh, Purdy. Mm. So how far are you from Iowa City and <laughs> Ames? How far are you from? Uh, like 45 minutes from Ames, maybe, and an hour and a half from uh, Iowa City. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. So, good friend of the show, uh, Adam mm-hmm. uh, Jacoby. He was at the uh, the Iowa women played at Kinnick Stadium at fifty six thousand plus. There, there's a photo of uh, Caitlin Clark uh, coming up the court, and there's our man Adam sitting courtside. <laughs> so he's he's done a lot of stuff covering a lot of Iowa stuff. Uh, he will he will be on to join us probably at the end of the month. He's got a lot of stuff going on, you know. He's he's doing things for football. He's doing things for men's and women's basketball, wrestling, as well. Uh, also, field hockey. He let me know that the Iowa field hockey team beat Louisville. Oh, uh, last week three to one or something like that. So, uh, speaking of field hockey, I got to give a shout out to my youngest, mm-hmm. who made her first ever varsity start. Uh. In the first round of the district, and scored a goal off a, off a corner play. Uh, All right, yeah. Uh, and that was on Saturday because uh, Kate and I went to a movie. We went and saw uh, Equalizer Three because I love Denzel uh, taking care of business. You know, I got my phone on Do Not Disturb. You know, but you got the people that can still get through. My phone start buzzing. I look down. I get that all caps message that I shared with you. I played the whole game and scored a goal. I was like, man. oh, we talked about. And then we got to FaceTime that evening. And, uh, man, you know, I say it all the time. I like when I'm doing stuff. But when your kid's doing something, and they got that fire and they telling you all about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did lose to Assumption on Monday. Uh, but, look, a good freshman season. She's, she's uh, very excited. So, awesome stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So, congratulations to to Lauren. Can't say Little Miss no more. Congratulations to Lauren on you know, what the whole freshman season, true freshman, doing what she did. Yeah. Is this assumption where Sarah plays. Yeah, but so Sarah's she lost- not. She's not. No, she did. It was. I thought it was going to be, but Sarah decided not to do. Uh, uh, Field hockey this year. She's okay. focusing on okay. lacrosse, which, oh, okay. is where I, okay. which is where her scholarship is going to come. Okay, uh, and and that's in the spring. Mm. So they they did not face each other. Although okay. you know that I, I thought that was going to happen, but yeah, it was uh-huh. at Sarah's school. Yeah. Uh, but a good freshman season. We talked it out, and uh, she had earned the coaches. Uh, uh, I mean, she earned the starting job, and she ended up playing. Uh, all of the last two games. And I told her, I said, that's, that's very important. You know, it was like Van was talking about, you have to know where you are, what other people are supposed to be doing. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, getting a start at all or playing at all is a big deal. You know, it's not like the, the Wiley where everybody plays, right? This is, you know, these coaches are still trying to win games. Like win is not everything, but, they're still playing to win, and you've got to earn that. Uh, you've got to earn that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, 
no, we had a good discussion about that and about playing. I said, you know, all this means is as your team heads into that off season, you've got to be that leader. Right. Mm-hmm. I said, you've, you've reached this point. You've got to be that, that, you know, that, that, that leader, which I don't think she'll have a problem with because she loves to boss people around. But I said, you've got to, you know, you got to show people. And we talked about, uh, you know, her plans for this summer, playing on different traveling teams. I definitely want to get her to come here to Iowa because, again, I was a top three or four as they're ranking right now. Uh, come here for a clinic or two uh, just to hone in on your skills. So very, very excited. Yeah. On top on, on top of her with her good grades and her job and everything like that, mm-hmm. had the first tax conversation. <laughs> She's like, this is what my check was. This is what it would have been without the taxes. I'm like, you got about yeah. 60 years of that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> FICA? <laughs> What's a FICA? That's how that goes. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, everything everything is going good here. We're looking forward to Monday Night Football. And like I said, I'm trying not to fight. I'm trying not to get on TV. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna pan on you and catch you. They're gonna catch you. Yeah. Like as soon as the game starts, they're gonna you know, Niners gonna do something and there you're gonna be. There you're gonna be. Well, I got I gotta decide what uh, what jersey I'm gonna rock with. We'll see how mm. that goes. Mm-hmm. That's important decisions now. But especially I mean, even more so maybe on the road. What you gonna how you gonna rep the Niners and then you get to interact with all the other Niners fans and it's always hey, fun. So that's the, fun, the, especially on the road, man. That's fun. The, the the good thing is, like I've told you, the 49ers fans are traveling more so than they did way back when. Mm-hmm. You know, you you've you've seen it in ATT Stadium. Like the, the red is showing up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking forward to it. I knew a couple of folks that went to the game in Cleveland. So they're like, We hope you have a better out, you know, than we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm 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 looking forward to, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like I said, it's been a while. I was trying to think the last time I saw him in person. It was in Cincinnati, but it's been it's been a while. So, and this is going to be the wife's first NFL game. All right, nice, nice, nice. Well, she said she went to like a, a preseason game. I said, well, those don't really count. I said, it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. So we're yeah. excited, man. We're yeah. excited. The buddy of mine is a Steelers fan, and he went up there week one for Niners Steelers, and <laughs> sent on Snapchat. Walking out of the tunnel uh, because y'all destroyed them like you did the Cowboys, and I was like, "Well, it, at least you showed up because your team sure didn't." And he's like, "Yeah, I was about the only one because Pittsburgh was MIA after what y'all did to them." So yeah, so hope y'all have fun. It's it's gonna yeah. be exciting. You know, uh, I'll be sharing pictures and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, excited. I want to see Minneapolis too, so I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know how many other black people I see without Prince and Kirby Puckett, but we'll we'll see how uh, that goes. Myron Metcalf is up there from yeah, there. I, well, I, well, I, I, I tweeted at him <laughs> and I told him I was like, because he said something about the airports or something. I was like, Minnesota, the airport in Minnesota is very very nice, but I was like, I'll be up in Minnesota, you know, uh, this this weekend. He's like, I don't you know, enjoy yourself. I said, like, oh, I hope. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So yeah, well, my Metcalf, uh, Kevin Garnett ain't there no more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, might, I might, I might see Cat. I might, I might say what up to Cat. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, 
uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I got to look at the schedule to see when the Lakers are coming because I would like to go back up. Mm. The only problem is uh, we're, there's all there's about you know three months where traveling is treacherous here in the uh, mm-hmm. upper upper Midwest. And mm-hmm. If it's cold here, it's colder there. So unbelievable bas- ba- basketball season. I don't know. Damn, makes travel a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the cats, uh, was it media day today? Yep. Madness was Friday. The blue white game is this Friday at Northern Kentucky. I like how they're moving that around the state. So, uh, get exhibition games coming up with Georgetown soon. The cats are laying in the weeds at number 16, picked in fourth to win, you know, Tennessee and Arkansas, and whoever they picked ahead of them. So, yeah. the cats just laying in the cut. And that's, hey, just just sneak up on people this year. We're not in that position and, often, TB. No, and I'm I'm fine with it. You know, the streak mm-hmm. of being top ten, whatever, man. Yeah, like, yeah. we don't we don't celebrate that, right? I, at least I don't think we do. I but uh, yeah, I'm 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 fine with it. Start at sixteen. Uh, still ranked. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some work to do. I think this team is built for the spotlight. Yeah. From what I'm seeing and hearing and, and feeling, um, the regular season is going to be a different animal. But, you know, no matter what happens, it's going to be March, right? Yeah. Th- that's when the pressure will be for this team after three lackluster marches. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're, the the pressure is going to be on. So my hope is that they do enough during the regular season to, like uh, – what what a dot was saying and, and and van they ain't got to think about it right yeah. like we know what we're gonna do let's go do it mm-hmm. uh that's what i'm hoping about so they don't have to feel that pressure uh on them yeah yeah been listening to our guy you know, cameron mills did some interviews with him on some podcasts and you know kind of get to know you stuff that was cool and he loves to say he's not media, but he keeps doing more and more media stuff. <laughs> he keeps doing stuff like he's media. <laughs> and it could be, I think him and Dick Gabriel are on TV or on radio during the blue white game or whatever. But yeah, he's just, he is media more and more. So, uh, congrats to him. It was some good interviews and pretty much all of Big Blue Nations listened to those already. You know, Calv talked to Big Z. So, you know, everybody's excited about him. But hey, just, Glad he's here. Don't expect him to come in and be like peak Sambui pre-injury right <laughs> off the bat because, you know, he got to get in and acclimate, got to acclimate, man. So uh, we're glad to have him for the extra depth and, you know, hopefully the other big guys come back healthy and ready to go when they're, you know, supposed to be there. So we'll see it. Hopefully all come together, man. A lot of a lot of nice pieces to work with, to, to play with and, and see how they all fit together real soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. There'll be time to worry about basketball come February. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But man, we had another fun show, CB. Think we hit everything. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Always fun. Glad to have uh, Van and A Dot on to, mm-hmm. to kick it around with the locker dudes. Uh, always fun. Safe travels to many. And look forward to seeing you up there as soon as. Chris, oh, as soon as Chris Stapleton and them finish up, they're going to pan right on you. Because you know how 
like you know how lovely wife gets on TV. She's got with the Cub stuff and WGN. <laughs> WGN, that's right. She's got the WGN stuff. Yeah. You married to and gonna be in the presence of a TV magnet, so ain't don't be surprised when MNF just pans right on y'all. It's going well. Oh, and that's 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 what we were talking about, you know, from our our our, our viral tweets to her being on TV. Odds are we're probably going to end up on TV. Yeah, well, you know, somebody going to score and they're going to hand you the ball, and they, you know they go, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, because because uh, CMC throws his gloves and other people throw Please? stuff. Hey, look, let me tell you something though. I love little kids, but hey, Debo throws something in the crowd. See, you said you wasn't said you wasn't fighting, but you about to fight a, a minor for some, uh, for some, some swag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, can't wait till Monday. Definitely gonna be watching y'all against the Vikes and Mister. You like that, Kirk Cousins? So seeing if y'all, yeah, can... Mister. Mr. Kirk Cousins, who is ranked? <laughs> where's Kirk Cousins? Number twenty four. In uh, all-time passing yards, so right much, behind Johnny Unitas. So much mediocrity up in that list, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, once you get to the tw- – like again, Kerry Collins and Russell Wilson sandwich Joe Montana and Johnny Unitas with yeah. Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. Unbelievable. Just hang around and get in some games and you can make the list, man. Be, you know, throw it around and be average and make the list. <laughs> the craziest thing is Warren how what how high Warren Moon is, and I don't think they're counting his uh his uh CFL stats. Mm-hmm. I mean that just that that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Like those numbers don't count, but that dude could have been balling. Mm-hmm. But anyway, five years. Five yeah. years. Yeah, he's healthy. That's say he plays them all. That's 80 games. That's yeah. 80 games, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Absolutely. 80 games of run and shoot, Warren Moon. Oh. <laughs> oh man, it's been another fun show, man. We talk about it every we'll week. We text about it every week. Appreciate you, absolutely. Uh, A dot and Van, and looking forward to Monday night. Y'all have a blast. Looking forward to all your pictures and everything you absolutely in the chair. So a lot of fun, man. BS3 Network. We appreciate being letting us be on all the other podcasts too. Y'all check them out. And with that. TB and I will see y'all next Wednesday.